0: Welcome back to The Buzz, brought to you by the Native Plants Healthy Planet podcast, presented by Magic Mind and
1: Pinelands Nursery. I am Fran Chismar. And I'm Tom Knezik, and today we're buzzing into episode 145. And Uh like always, before we get into our fun Native Plant discussions, we have a little bit of follow-up to do. Uh, And by little, I really mean one item. Uh, We threw out the idea of street trees and having an episode about street trees. and that was of interest, and the people have spoken, and it is of interest. Yes. Um, And I've emailed the person... That I met at this meeting okay. and have yet to hear back. So, so well, hopefully we can get that rolling. We'll get that that um, an episode in the near future about that. I'm hopeful so. to to have that
0: conversation because I think it bear. I think there's some not stigma, but just some mythology like mm-hmm. on how some of these trees are are selected. I yeah. think it depends on the municipality or or the city. Mm-hmm. Like I know some of the bigger cities. There's a little more that goes into the selections. I, mm-hmm. I think some of the smaller municipalities probably not based on some of yeah. the lists I've seen. there's uh, just there's, like
1: yeah. having the conversations, or oh, the article I presented a couple weeks yeah. ago, and then um, then some of the conversations I had with this of uh, a person I met, it was like, oh, you're really taking a lot of in cities at least. Yes, you're taking a lot of different components in like in attributes in mind. Yeah. It's um. It was funny just talking about like I think the we mentioned it last time about the fruit. And like yes. People, yeah. I've, there's all these yeah. memes that uh, come up. Oh, you should have fruit trees as street trees because then people can eat whenever they want. And they're like, oh, it it attracts a lot of pests. <laughs> and the people who have the like those trees outside of their house are not happy because you have rats and you have cockroaches and you have. Uh, people loitering there too, yeah. and or then it's like when the the fruit's ripe for a short window of time, and anything that was not picked up, well, is a slipping hazard. One, and then it stinks on top of yeah. it. Like rotting fruit is not a pleasant smell. No, so she was like, "It's a good in theory, but it's not in practice." There's a a lot of things that are go wrong with it. So yeah. in just <laughs> just
0: as an example, growing up in Levittown, every tree in my development. Had a fruit tree planted on it. So in in our yard, we had a pear tree. Mm-hmm. Not once in all the years that I lived there did it actually produce an edible pear because of the wasps and, mm, and yeah, all the other. Yeah. And plus, you know, no one was spraying them to get an edible crop. But it became weapons. Yeah, you know, we oh, would yeah. throw them at each <laughs> other. They'd get thrown at the houses. I I wouldn't. Be, I'd be lying if I didn't say windows got broken. You know, so I understand. You know, because there were pears, apples, and cherry trees, and they were all mm. weapons. I don't remember one edible fruit the entire time.
1: Yeah. It's – uh, I think that's another thing people take for granted is like it's really hard – The well, I shouldn't say it's really hard to grow fruit. It's not that hard to grow fruit. It's really hard to get fruit that looks like it does in the grocery well, store, I fruit think, that looks like you're familiar with.
0: I think it's also it's, climate. Like I was actually pretty jealous this morning because I was thinking of that here. Mm-hmm. And then I was listening to a podcast that was happening in Southern California, and they were all saying how they have lemon trees and lime Mm -hmm. trees and pomegranates and oranges and grapefruit, and they were all bringing them into the office every day to share with the excesses. I was like, oh, that would be really, really nice, but we don't really live in a climate. We get blueberries and strawberry. Mm -hmm. We get blackberries. That type – we get a different type of fruit. Yeah.
1: Yeah, you're right.
0: You're right. It's it's just different. Like we get to – we get that harvest a little later in the year mm-hmm. that we're really fortunate to get, especially from native things like that. Yeah, yeah. So, but it, it I was kind of jealous hearing that. I'm like, oh, oh I'd like to. Sure. I'd
1: like to walk out and pick a fresh lemon. Yeah, that was. Uh, in in retrospect, I was like, oh, we're definitely taking someone's lemons. We took our my wife and I. Our honeymoon was to, or part of it was on the Amalfi Coast in Italy, and there's like same thing. It's just lemon trees in everyone's backyards, yeah. and there's a big thunderstorm that rolled through. And on the walk after this thunderstorm to – or the restaurant we're going to for dinner, there's just lemons all over the sidewalk. I was like, well, they <laughs> fell off of someone's tree, and they probably well, – but we're going to take a couple home to have a little lemon water. And <laughs> and it was very romantic at the time, but I was like, oh, yeah, we did just kind – of, hopefully they didn't miss the couple of lemons that were literally like giant lemons just yeah. rolling down the, the street. Um, yeah, so that was a, a fond memory. All right, so if
0: you're, in, if you're in Italy and, and you were – If you're missing, theft theft occurred on your property
1: back in 2019. um, (laughs) Someone took a couple lemons after a storm.
0: All right, that's I. I think that's pretty good follow up. I don't think we had anything else. No, not
1: not that I can recall. Okay. Um, Yeah, so let's start with the plants that we're vibing with this week, and go to one of our favorite segments. That's hot. Hot. that's loud actually i should have tested that before we and started it's also surprising because we haven't been uh gotten a, a cease and desist letter from paris hilton or the the hilton family yet for that clip
0: no i think it's a
1: maybe i'm just willing it into existence oh please <laughs> don't do that
0: that would <laughs> you that would <laughs> you know, that would, <laughs> that would rock us, rocket us up into the spotlight there we start getting that yeah i don't yeah. think we're that popular so you want why don't you know i want you to go first just because it was something we were just kind of talking about. Yeah. Like coincidentally.
1: Yeah, so um well I can't I can't share too much. No. Because it's we do have we are started recording a native plant every day.
0: Just now. Just, just like before literally this. yeah, 10 we just minutes recorded our first We episode. ended
1: our first episode. Um, and there was just funny some of the parallels that were between my plant this week and the plant yes. before that. Uh, for the first episode, but it's a, it is a quiz in the beginning, so I don't want to give it away. Exactly, uh, this is probably already too much of a hint. But my plant this week is Morella pensylvanica, uh, which is northern bayberry, and why I chose it is it, it does semi evergreen, and right now, yes, the ones we have here around the nursery and in nursery production are like this gorgeous, like dark green mixed with like dark purple, like almost look black in ways. Yeah. Uh, so they look really beautiful and then on top of it the leaves are just so fragrant it's it's like just a pleasure to work with. Bayberry, it's, Bayberry and sweet fern are the two plants that I
0: can't walk by without picking a leaf and crushing it. Yeah. Under my nose and smelling.
1: I do it every single time. Yeah, it was one of those I was I was smelling it and saying why don't I have more of these planted around my house I just love the fragrance. I would describe it as piquant. Uh, <laughs> 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 which which means that it is a, a pleasantly sharp taste or or scent. Yes. So um, yeah. So it, which very is a descriptive very descriptive word. Actually, yes. Good description for it because it is like it is a very sharp smell, but it's pleasantly sharp. It's not like it's somewhat. Yeah. It's, spicy. Yeah. Like, to
0: me, a little bit. it definitely like
1: it hits your nose hard it's not something where you're just like oh that's an that's like it's It's not it's not a mild smell it's pleasant but yeah it's 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 very it's in your face yes but it's it's good um so yeah so i took a little bit of a write-up and i'm just realizing i didn't save the version that had my little notes in there for where this came from um but one of the things with this plant is you can collect the fruit which is like a little bayberry yeah um And you can use it to make bayberry candles, which I had always assumed you kind of like just crushed up the berries, It added some of the scent to the beeswax or the wax you're using. I didn't realize that, oh no, you're actually harvesting the wax from the berries itself to make these candles. And um, so, bayberries have a natural wax in them that has a greenish hue and a wintry forest aroma. The wax can be extracted from the bayberries by melted down <clears throat> and melted down to make your own bayberry candles with a few simple steps. Collecting the berries is the most time consuming part, but it's well worth the hard work for these beautifully scented homemade bayberry candles. Basically, what you do, you collect the berries and then you boil them. And I guess the wax basically just floats to the yeah. top. And, um, and then you can use that wax. The recipes that I saw for this basically said it's really hard to get enough bayberry wax to make candles just out of bayberry, and it's a little bit more difficult to work with to do it that way. So they, like, for I think they used a few pounds of beeswax for every pound of bayberry wax they got, but it took 15 pounds of bayberries to make one pound of bayberry wax. So, and just for
0: those of you that are wondering, bayberry. Are not edible to humans. Yes, they're poisonous to humans, so they're they're considered possibly unsafe. Which is (laughs) yeah, that's (laughs) close enough. (laughs) Yeah, good good thing to note there.
1: But it's a like I said, semi evergreen, really beautiful um all times of year. But I particularly like them in the winter. And then, uh what? How how tall do they get, Fran? About like six Uh, to ten feet tall. Yeah, I'm gonna say that six to twelve. Yeah.
0: In the right conditions,
1: mm-hmm. um, but mostly like
0: when you see them beachfront because of the, yep. the wind. Have, and they have a salt tolerance. Yeah, there's so. a salt tolerance. They, they're typically a little bit smaller in those settings, but I'm going to guess 6 to 12 based on yeah. conditions.
1: And I'll include uh, the the link for the one – I, I call, keep calling it a recipe, but it's like a, a how-to, how to make bear berry candles. Oh, that would in be this. very so, cool. One, you can see who actually – there's multiple sources of this information, but you can see where I got the information from. And then uh, if you want to try it yourself, like I'm now I'm itching and saying, Are oh, yeah, go I want up? to do this next year. Um, then you have a place to a reference to go and, and use. Awesome. So, which I always get. I get a little weirded out by online recipes. because I'm like, someone could have just wrote this. <laughs> they don't know what they're actually doing. And now I'm following along like some dingbat saying, oh, I, I read it on the Internet. It must work. But, well, you got to try it out. Yeah. Yeah, or, nice. or they have a mental lapse and there's like, oh, yeah, I forgot to include the part where I did this crazy thing that no one would expect to just do. <laughs> or I forgot this ingredient. There's um, a little going off topic right away. We have a, a recipe card from Melissa's grandma for like her. She has these roles that are like famous in her family. And um, so we have a recipe card of how to make them mm-hmm. in her own handwriting. It's just like a little cool project that um, my wife had her do. And it's missing an ingredient when you actually look at it. So it's like if you knew how to make the rolls, then you know how to do it. You also don't need the recipe card. Um, But the recipe card itself is not going to teach you how to do this. You will have a a great failure if you try and do it. And I always wondered that when you're reading these online recipes. But then again, I never really follow them either. I'm just like, yeah. I I made for – I made – what was it a lote quinoa salad. Oh, well, how was that? For my the barbecue I did on the Super Bowl. It was fantastic. But the the recipe like one was actually a couscous salad. I'm like I don't have any couscous, so I'm going to use quinoa and I'm going to add avocado cuz I, <laughs> I I just kind of use it as inspiration and then I just kind of do my own thing. I take parts it's, like I, I find like when I do
0: something like chili, I take mm-hmm. three recipes and take all the parts that I like yeah. from all of yeah. them and kind of do that. So yeah. I kind of use it yeah. as a rough guide, and then...
1: Yeah, a lot of times I don't even read. I just, like, someone needs to have a creative title, and then I'll just make what I think that they're making. Then <laughs> <laughs> just make it my own way. I don't actually read the recipe, but that's just how I do things. Nothing wrong with so, that. Nothing wrong with that at all. all so right.
0: I have uh, something I don't think we've ever mentioned on the podcast mm-hmm. before, and the only reason that made me think of it was... I uh, visited my mom and my sister uh, this past week, and my sister is over in Pennsylvania, and the natural area across from her – did I just say across? That would kill me. That's my Philly. <laughs> across from uh, her house, I noticed common snowberry, which is uh, Symphoricarpos albus, and typically at this point… The fruit is already turning brown and dropping in in late January to early February. Because it's been unseasonably warm, it's still a little white and still hanging on. So it was – it stood out immediately uh, for me. So from wildflower.org, it's a deciduous shrub with a height of three to six feet. Uh, It blooms white to pink flowers in June and July, native to – from Vermont to Virginia, uh, west to Illinois and up to Minnesota. So it's not really – like it's kind of inventive in New Jersey. It's not really mm-hmm. natural to New Jersey. Um, maybe like that northwest area, um, it's a little more normal. Uh, wildlife, songbirds, game birds, small mammals, uh, and browsers use this plant for food, cover, and nesting sites. Uh, it is poisonous to humans, so it's low toxicity if eaten. Symptoms include vomiting and diarrhea, Um The toxic principles, calcium, oxalate, and possibly saponic glycoside, uh, the poisonous plant of uh, North Carolina, larval host for the Vashti sphinx. So all that information was courtesy of wildflower.org. So it's just something that I know. It's not really in our our native range, so it's not something we see often, but it was – it, it's something that stands out when you see it and it it's typically mm-hmm. you shouldn't see it at this time of the year. Like so it's it was just kinda interesting for me to see it and
1: have it stand out. I and it, and it's I'd native it. to someone's native range. Yes. 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 So
0: well like I said, it's 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 more Vermont to Virginia, but it's just west of New Jersey and Delaware. So mm-hmm. you're hitting more more that Piedmont Appalachian yep. range. Yep. Uh not really coastal plain, but it's uh it, it typically likes it, – it is a facultative upland plant. It likes a little bit heavier soil, so you're not really going to see it in most of the sandier soil. So just thought it was so a plant I forgot about because we don't see it. and We don't sell it. I don't really see it on plant lists. So it popped up, and I was like, ah, oh, it'd be kind of cool just to bring that one up.
1: Yeah, no, definitely. I think that's a, a great choice for, for this. Awesome. And, um, yeah, so let's move on to, to this or that. All right, can I talk about this for a I, minute? Yeah, I, that's why I was like a little hesitant because I have a feeling you have a lot on your mind. No, I just it. want to
0: say I, I'm good. I'm in a good place. I'm in a good place. So we do have a winner, and the winner is everyone already knows. Frank. <laughs> it's Tom, twenty-five to
1: nine. Yeah. So you made a little bit. Well, a comeback um, in considering you were at zero accidentally for well, a portion Well, of time. you know,
0: I, yeah. I, I will say this. So originally you were winning 15 to three. And I noticed that and someone made a comment that they voted for me because I never seemed to win. And I looked and I don't like you and I are both competitive people mm-hmm. and no one likes to consistently lose. So I I made some comments jokingly under his post going, man, I think our fans aren't really fans of mine because I'm not winning. Maybe I should retire, you know? <laughs> yeah. And then I started getting you, votes. a lot of
1: likes on, I, yeah, on that post like, saying you should retire. Then. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, then all of a sudden it went from 15 to three to like 15 to 12, mm-hmm. or it was like 16, 13. And I'm like, I don't want sympathy. I'm also a proud man. I don't want sympathy votes. Mm. So I went back and deleted those comments because they were kind of needy. Even though they were jokingly, I was like, that's needy. I don't want that. And then I accidentally accidentally deleted my <laughs> my vote. Yeah. So so I did I did make a comeback twenty five nine and people were still voting for me because I I wasn't winning. And I kind of felt, man, I'm really out of touch with what our listeners want because I'm consistently losing. And I'm like, it's no fun to lose. If I'm not having fun, are they having fun? And then I started to think about it. I was like, I'm not picking. I think what the the average listener wants because I, I I started thinking it like I don't. I'm not necessarily a mainstream type person. I'm not. Mm-hmm. I'm not referencing you, just me. Like yeah. it in my clothes and my music, mm-hmm. like not what the average person would pick. And I'm like, oh, you know, this goes – is par for the course of how I think and my likes. It's a little more maybe alternative, not mainstream, mm-hmm. and I I instantly became okay with it. And then I looked at it saying if you were to total up even what I had before, yeah. like we had almost 50 people vote. Oh, yeah. Which is awesome. Yeah. I think they really like the Cougar story. Mm-hmm. It got a lot of interest, and our listeners really responded, whether I win or lose. Oh, yeah. It's yeah. – I mean obviously it's, I don't
1: want to lose. I always look at it this way, friend. At the end of the day, it's our show. I can pick what the <laughs> heck I want. I know, I, I,
0: so. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, it's – like I said, it's, it's hard yeah. to – no one wants to consistently lose. Oh, yeah, yeah. And I started thinking. I was like, what am I doing wrong? And then I'm like, I'm not doing anything wrong. I'm just picking what I like, and what I like mm-hmm. isn't necessarily always mainstream. Yeah. And that's, that's – oh, yeah. I've always been like that. Now would I be upset if I won every week and think I was selling out and becoming mainstream? No, no, it'd be kind of cool yeah. to have a win streak, but I'm I'm okay, I'm good,
1: yeah, it's all good. And that's why uh, why your article this week is definitely an article. It's it's definitely not pandering <laughs> to the audience in any way, shape, or form. But <laughs> so so with the articles last week, yes, mine was the the Cougars coming back to the East Coast an which opinion piece I, in the New York Times, which I greatly underestimated. Yeah.
0: I I. Figured a lot of people wouldn't like the yeah. thought of that, like for no. other for safety reasons. Not see, I like, thought
1: people wouldn't like my take on it, but I think I just just, it, I'm I'm a lot more middle of the road than I give myself credit for sometimes. But um, but then, and your article was on the California seed banks. No, it was
0: the the northeast cottontail. Uh, oh, I thought you uh, did that one a while oh, wait. ago. Oh, you're right. It was, the I, California, it was yeah, the California... That's why I put the little question mark in there. Was it the <laughs> California Seed Bank? Yeah, it was so. the California Seed Banks. Maybe yeah. I just didn't update mine. So it yeah. was the... Yeah, you're right. It was the California Seed Bank. Yeah, which was a really interesting article and really important. Because someone did say they voted. They liked yours better, but they voted for me because it
1: had to do with native plants. Yeah. So that's, yeah. that's what it was. Yeah. yeah, mine was not... But it was mine was about native plants in a roundabout way. The author didn't really touch on it as much as as I probably should have, where it's basically one of the issues that we have here in the Mid-Atlantic and Northeast is the deer pressure is just so high, and they have no—their um, natural predators aren't here anymore. And this was a natural predator that could come back and, and help with that, which the deer pressure was— actually talked about in the article but they didn't talk about okay what does that do to the ecosystems as much
0: no and i think a lot of the times when we're not even though our, our articles may not be directly related to native plants they're indirectly like the northeast cottontail had yeah. to do you know it was mm-hmm. part of the decline was the lack of of native cover yep. you know and yep. or, or deer browse like there were a lot of other factors or yep. just more predators you know it was it was an ecosystem off balance which mainly comes back to native plants and so oh, yeah
1: it's amazing how it all comes back to native plants. It's like it really, <laughs> when you, there's so many articles where it's like, oh, they these, this kind of bee is in peril. And then it's like, a native habitat is gone. Yeah. And then it's like, oh, this, this is, our streams are getting like straighter. And it's cause we've managed them. And then it's destroying all this native habitat. There's no more floodplains. There's a, I actually thought about for this week doing that. There's a YouTube video I watched. And then I just saw um, Bill Young actually shared it on on LinkedIn, and then Bad, Brad Brad liked it on LinkedIn and made a comment, <laughs> and that's where I was like, "Oh, I would love to actually present this." Yeah, was just talking about how our rivers. When you think of rivers, like uh, if you've been to Paris and you've seen the Seine running through yeah. Paris, and it's just like it just a like a wall, a rock wall, and the river's just straight or kind of curves a little bit through the middle of the city. Um, that's not how it's supposed to be. That's supposed to be where Notre Dame is is supposed to be a floodplain. But now we've channelized it and we have all this really critical uh historical um structures there. You can't get rid of them, so we kind of have to have it channelized. But it's like it's not supposed to be like that. There's areas that are supposed to flood, and they're supposed to have different plant species, and those are really critical for diff- different different um, different animal and insect species too. But uh, but at the end of the day, I couldn't figure out how to present. <laughs> I'm like, well, I can't read the like, what am I gonna do? Read the YouTube video? Like, put turn the yeah, no, I turn the, the subtitles on and just read the yeah, whole thing. Yeah, read the closed captioning. But, yeah. No,
0: but that very interesting, you know, because we've been intervening like this throughout the the, the history of man, yeah. you know, and it's uh the it's a
1: everlasting impact, and it's what you hold more dearly to. Yeah. Like, and I always uh, forget the name. I think it's the Assisgunk Creek through Trenton. They yeah, just so. daylighted a whole bunch of it um, over the last couple of years. But at one point in time, that creek was almost completely underground under the city of Trenton and going out to the Delaware River. And there's tributaries at yeah. Assiskunk all the way yeah. into Springfield Township right mm-hmm.
0: here yep. So uh, or Burlington Township right there. So it's it has yeah. a long-reaching impact. So well, if, you get to pick. You want to go I was, first? Well,
1: friend, me? I was going to say out of pity. Um, I would <laughs> like you to choose whether you'd like to go first well, or second. You know, if I it's, could go first – um,
0: if you don't mind, yeah, oh, I yeah. think it's interesting. Like our yours articles and I, are fairly similar. Yeah, That's, it's they kind of like play off of each other very yep. well. Now, when I read my when I read the title of my article, it's not a prank. It, it's going to break down a lot of the misconceptions yes. and it, and a lot of explanations. So I thought this was a very um informative article that was put out by the University of Maryland Extension, and it was on Extension UMD. Dot edu And it's called Cultivars of Native Plants. Mm-hmm. It is kind of long. I'm going to try to read through it quickly because yeah. I think there's a lot of good information in mm-hmm. here. Um, what are cultivars of native plants? We add native plants to our yards to attract and support pollinators as they pass through. Many native bees and all moths and butterflies need native plants to complete their life cycles. The decline of insect populations has numerous causes but is directly tied to the decline of natural areas with thriving native plant populations. On this webpage, we examine how the native plants in our landscapes affect the health of wild native plant populations. Uh, Hereditary material, DNA, and the genes of plant pollen and seeds, for example, move from our yards into natural areas. Pollinators and wind transport pollen over distances ranging from less than a mile to many miles. The wind also transports many types of seed, while others are carried by animals. Seeds carried by birds can travel many miles between consumption and deposition. A yard does not need to be adjacent to a natural area to share DNA with it. When the native plants in our yards are locally sourced and locally adapted, their DNA can make a positive contribution to the survival of wild plant populations. The adaptive genetic diversity they share is important because it allows native species to persist despite the rapidly changing conditions of our modern environment. When the plants in our yards are cultivars of native species, their genetic makeup is the result of artificial rather than natural selection, and they possess little genetic diversity. The offspring of cultivars crossed with native plants are called hybrids. Many vegetable gardeners are familiar with the consequences of hybridization. Sweet peppers cross-pollinate with hot peppers in the same garden. The hybrid seeds that uh, result produce uh, peppers with variable levels of heat. Similarly, sweet corn cross-pollinates with field corn. The ears that result contains uh, kernels expressing the range of flavor and texture of their parents not being ideal for their purpose. In the vegetable garden, we can easily dispose of unwanted hybrids. Once the DNA from cultivars of native plants makes it into wild populations, there's no way to dispose of it. The new DNA affects the uh, ability of wild native plants to survive and has ramifications for all the species that interact with the native plants as well. Studies have shown that in some cases, cross-pollination with cultivated varieties result in the loss of wild uh, of the wild relative. Nativar is a word resulting from the combination of the words native and cultivar. It has the good quality of being shorter than cultivar of a native plant. However, the inclusion of the entire sound of the word native tends to lend the impression that they are good ecological substitutes for native plants. Although they are marketed regionally as native plants, they are sold throughout the world. Common mis Uh, misperceptions about the cultivars of native plants. Misperception number one, it's always bad to use a cultivar of native plants. Facts to consider. The question is not whether it's morally wrong to use cultivars, but whether they are good for ecosystem health. Sterile cultivars of native plants are benign. They can't cross-pollinate with their wild relatives, so they pose no risk to wild plant populations. When cultivars are beneficial to ecosystems, they are good. For example, plant breeders are working to create disease-resistant resistant cultivars of native tree species that have, been, ugh, that have been hit hard by non-native invasive plant pathogens. If done with care, it is possible that such cultivars could be used to intentionally spread beneficial DNA into wild populations to help resport, restore those species. Misconception num- or Misperception number two, the number of plants we put in our yard is insignificant compared to the number found in natural areas. Facts to consider. Actually, cultivars do not need to outnumber their wild relatives in order to have a profound impact on their DNA. Even so, in Maryland, the combined acreage of commercial, residential, and agricultural land is greater than the acreage of remaining natural areas. For many native species, the number of cultivated plants grown in residential and commercial areas may exceed the number of wild ones growing in the green areas. For example, Maryland's green industry sells tens of thousands of butterfly weeds annually. In Maryland, the number of potted butterfly weeds sold in a single year probably outnumbers the total number of butterfly weeds growing in the wild. Uh, misperception number three, native used in urban areas can't contaminate native plant populations in natural areas. Facts to consider, some pollinators travel long distances with migratory pollinators being extreme examples of this. Some plants are wind-pollinated and their pollen is carried for miles. Barriers like parking lots and highways do not discourage wind-borne pollen. Seeds carried by wind, water, or birds travel long distances. Seeds from our yards wash down storm drains into local stream parks. Once the seed of a cultivar establishes in a wild population, gene flow accelerates. The literature offers many examples of wild plants that have been genetically replaced by their domesticated relatives. Uh, How much more am I going? Okay, it's not – Not too, too bad. Um, Misperception number four, adding the gene type of cultivars in a natural area is good because it increases the genetic diversity of the system. Facts to consider. It is true the simple definition of genetic diversity is the sum of all different types. However, some types of genetic diversity are bad for local ecosystems. Plant populations in natural areas benefit from adaptive genetic diversity, not random genetic diversity. Switchgrass cultivars provide two good examples. 1. Seed dormancy has been bred out of several native grass species to create cultivars for use where quick establishment from seed is desirable. Seed dormancy, however, is an attribute that prevents native seeds from germinating before winter is over. The addition of this genetic diversity would be harmful to wild switchgrass populations. 2. It is true that cross-pollination with strong cultivars can make relatives stronger in natural areas this could benefit the plant species as well as the pollinators and songbirds that depend upon it however increased vigor would also make the wild relatives more effective at competing with other plant species the switchgrass cultivar cultivar shelter provides a good example it has been bred for increased vigor and it establishes quickly and takes over an area completely other meadow grasses and flowers and all the insects and birds that depend upon them lose out the balance of the ecosystem is at risk Misperception number five, the most important performance yardstick is how often pollinators visit cultivars of native plants in garden trials. Facts to consider, pollinators need their native plants in natural areas. If a cultivar attracts a lot of pollinators in the garden but disrupts the balance of natural systems, then taking the larger view, it has not benefited po- benefit pollinators. No mid-Atlantic native plant cultivar has been tested to determine the impact of cross-pollination on wild populations or their pollinators. Miscon- misperception number six, cultivars and naturally occurring sport are not a concern. Facts to consider, sports are sometimes a result of recessive genes expressed as a result of inbreeding. In other words, they lack the quantity of adaptive genetic diversity present in most wild plants. Other times, they are the result of random mutations, usually are not adaptive, although the naturally occurring parent of Cornish, Florida, Appalachian Spring, provides an exception to that rule. In any case, the problems of mass production of a smaller number of individuals remain. Uh I swear I'm almost done. I think like everyone's punishment is my article. Uh, <laughs> misperception number seven. Local ecotype native plants are no good because of climate change. Uh, facts to consider. Climate change models based on a scenario where we begin to change our emissions behavior now show that Maryland's climate will be like Virginia's in the year 2100 and impact the native plants won't be severe. How to support local ecosystems and still enjoy your yard. I'm going to skip that. So… um It does go into some really good tips on some cultivars that are good for certain reasons. It's not kind of – I don't view this article as an article against cultivars. I view Mm -hmm. it as an article of at least explaining what cultivars are and what the potential is if used to the extreme. I kind of feel – like it's not saying don't use a cultivar. It's saying know what you're doing. It, it's saying, hey, you, you can still have a cultivar if you're removing invasive species, or you can help your park uh, remove native species, or uh, you can have non invasive, not native species, you know, like, or certain cultivars are okay. It's just saying, like anything else, moderation is the key. <laughs> you, you know, if you're going to introduce mm-hmm. some of these non native plants, use some moderation, like, use some thought behind it, know what you're doing, just educate yourself. And I think it was some really good information that we haven't touched on with cultivars, not saying that we're not saying we're opposed or against to cultivars we've I think you and I have come full circle after speaking with oh, yeah. Cuba, yeah. so it's just some of these things that it's good to know so so many things we don't have all the information, so it's just good to to make sure you're
1: you you know what your options are and that you're making an educated choice yeah yeah definitely it's um it's, there's a lot to take in in this article, it, there and really I think is. it's it's a lot of really really good points to consider. And it's uh it's interesting because my article kind of takes a lot of the same stances in this, um, but it's how do how do people actually use this information? Yeah, and uh, do you yeah. have anything more to say about your no, article? I, I don't want to translate. into it. no, too fast. I was
0: just going to say like a lot of it is, you know. If you're going to choose a non-native plant, just try to choose one that doesn't hurt your local ecosystems. Yeah. Like oh, yeah. know that your choices have an impact and try to make mm-hmm. a better choice. Yeah. You know, it's it's not it's not saying don't do some of these things. It's just saying there you can – everything's a choice. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like yeah. which one are you willing to make?
1: Yeah, and that's when we talk about some of these garden trials that happen. Yeah. Um, and we talk about them on here all the time, and we promote them. It's uh, – they're still – they're analyzing – Oftentimes, garden worthiness and a handful of components of uh, of their ecological value, but it's hard to come up with the full full gamut. I remember. Um,
0: no, I mean we may yeah. have American chestnuts again because of plant hybridization. Oh, yeah. You know, and that's one of the positives of this. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's yep. it's just you know nothing's ever as cut as dry or as, as
1: Oh we yeah, would like I uh, made it. I think I made a joke about this on our Facebook group and it was like someone had a question i was like well the answer like so many things is it depends <laughs> it depends <laughs> what you want to do or what yeah. you're trying to do or or what's your area is like it's no one's going to be able to just give you the answer you can look at guidelines but um but it's a lot of it depends on you may have a, a a shady spot and you find a plant that's supposed to love shade and then you try it and it turns out oh, it doesn't like my shade Yeah, and it's just it could be that individual doesn't like shade as much it doesn't tolerate, it came from a, a parent species that was from a sunny location and doesn't really thrive in shade or gets out competed in shade so there's all kinds of things that go into it and mm-hmm. um yeah but right. it's good to have the information to make your own decisions we, off of we
0: make choices every yeah. day and yeah. some of them are wrong and worse Mm-hmm. You know, and it's just like trying to, to pick the better of the two.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So, like I said, my article kind of plays off a lot of this, and it's something that they're doing about these kind of questions. Awesome. Um, it was from the Piedmont Master Gardeners, which is a master gardener group in Virginia, uh, and it was from their February 2023, uh, I guess, newsletter they put out, um, and it was a, titled, What is a Native Plant by Bernice Theblot. And uh, I'm hoping that you're not a listener, Bernice, because I have a feeling I got your last name wrong. But but and if you are a, a a member of the Piedmont Master Gardeners, I'd love to hear from you and write in about what you think about all this because I think this is a really cool thing that they're doing. And uh, and as always, I'll read a little bit and then uh, then expand on some of my thoughts at the end. <clears throat> so. The question arises often as gardeners seek to make their plantings more ecologically valuable. Perhaps the most accurate, if not the most helpful answer is it depends. Did I just say that? Or <laughs> <laughs> that was not planned. Was wow. Not, you know. So um, the Piedmont Northern or the plant Northern Piedmont native marketing campaign may have a unique answer. If we assume that no humans brought plants here earlier, then only those plants that greeted the first Europeans to arrive, plants with origins in deep time, should be considered truly native to our part of North America. However, defining only those plants as native would rule out many that today have real ecological value. Doug Tallamy and Rich Dark, in their book, The Living Landscape, offer a more practical definition. A plant or animal that has evolved in a given place over a period of time sufficient to develop complex and essential relationships with a physical environment and their organisms in a given ecological community. Tallamy's later books, Bringing Nature Home and Nature's Best Hope, led to the grassroots movement, Homegrown National Park. The aim of this movement is to encourage the creation of linked habitat corridors to regenerate biodiversity across the nation. Along with other pro-biodiversity efforts, it has succeeded in creating unprecedented demand for native plants. It has also brought about a great deal of frustration on the part of property owners and gardeners because straight species of local genotype native plants, uh, those most likely to flourish and support the local food web, are not readily available to average gardener. Only a small percent of plants carried by nurseries and garden centers could be considered native in any way, and the great majority of the cultivars are hybrids. As an entomologist, Talmi offers that insects view plants, or offers the insects view of plants. That perspective is informed studies of value of some cultivars, such as those at Mount Cuba Center, uh, that they've conducted studies of plants attractiveness to pollinators. Don't wholly define the ecological value. Like us humans, insects and animals can be attracted to foods that aren't beneficial to their health. In the case of birds, for example, sugary berries may consume the time when they need fat in their diets instead. For this reason, among others, local plant genotypes are most likely to provide the right ecological services if they are available. And apart from the commercial from commercial availability, there's also the problem natural availability. Try to find a small-scale, uh, four-foot-tall-or-less evergreen shrub species that's native Central Virginia. Uh, I'm assuming they're putting that out to say that it doesn't exist,
2: uh, which
1: I would probably – yeah, I can't think of any that are no. native here either. Um, so uh, all of these issues and factors come to bear when Piedmont Master Gardeners decide to join the Plant Virginia Natives Marketing Partnership. The statewide campaign is intended to bring gardeners, landscapers, and commercial suppliers together in the common cause of more native plants and fewer exotic ornamental plants of little or no ecological value uh, to local ecosystems. Thus, an important aspect of the Plant Northern Piedmont Natives – Campaign is to inform both buyers and sellers of which plants have value for this region. Taking inspiration from a list generally shared by Northern Virginia Campaign, we sought to create the most useful list possible. Our primary resource is the Digital Atlas of the Virginia Flora, Flora which contains the most comprehensive information available of the geographic distribution of vascular plants plants in the Commonwealth. We have also referred to the Aber- Abermoral I'm not from ah. Virginia, <laughs> County Piedmont Native Plant Database. Uh, the great majority of, spe- of species those sources identify as native are not commercially available. This may simply be because many native plants are unfamiliar and underappreciated. It is certainly also because buyers want plants that fit into design situations, have eye-catching beauty, and resist diseases common to landscapes and gardens. Cultivars are continuing continually being developed to meet such needs. We sought the opinion of uh, Rep... Oh, that's
0: of- a... Gliadly. Gliadly. Glied. Uh,
1: author of Piedmont Native Plants, A Guide for Landscapes and Gardens, uh, taking heart from his view that PMPN marketing campaign should not let the perfect be the enemy of the good. We say that a lot too, yeah. friend. Yes, uh, we, we have adopted a definition of native to include uh, selections or cultivars with locally native antecedents, which is a word I've can. Uh, i yeah. never read that before. I think I've heard it before, but I've, I've never read I've it. I've never actually read it. Yeah, yeah I agree. So, which are likely to be commercially available to gardeners and which either have occurred naturally or have uh, demonstrated ecological value approximately equal to the local species. Rep cautioned that the origins of many cultivars are a black box, so we refer to multiple web sources, including plant patents. In the attempt to learn cultivar origins, we know that much depth depends on the reason for the cultivar. If it was bred to offer a new color, double blooms, uh, a different flower shape, or red or variegated foliage, insects may not recognize it. However, if the cultivar cultivated trait is disease resistance, a larger flower, or a shorter, shorter habit, it's likely to be fine. We make our best guess. Uh, it's a can of worms and an ongoing effort. <laughs> yeah, that makes a lot of sense, too. Uh, the resulting list of native plants and cultivars, though perhaps not perfect, is provided to participating nurseries and garden centers where Extension Master Gardener volunteers label those plants found on the list with a bright red Virginia native sticker, uh, which is told to greatly enhance sales. That's awesome. And um, so what is a native plant for your garden? It may be a local or maybe a local cultivar with local genes. So yeah, that's yeah. um it's really it's funny how these are just two articles we both found and then just they really play off each other pretty well. Um yeah, I the more I really agree with what they're doing and I hope that's something some other master gardener groups or native plant societies or wild ones chapters man, that's a really good mission to have where you can start to go and great and jersey friendly arts yeah. basically did it, this it you have and, to you have
0: to do good marketing because it let's face it it's supply or demand and mm-hmm. and the fact of it is there's more demand for japanese barberry than yeah. there is for some of our native plants so we have to change that with marketing mm-hmm. or you have to that supply or that demand has to farly you know greatly outnumber what the supply is yeah. for people to start listening and make a change
1: mm-hmm. yeah yeah it's um it's something that oh, I've lost my thought. This happens right. a lot too, but um, it's important to have these lists of things that are going to work in your area that are known to be historically in your area. Uh, there's so many people. I just had an email the other day, and someone's like, "Hey, I want to completely turn my my lawn into like a native meadow. I have no idea how. Tell me how to do it." And Again, it's one of those things where well, it it depends. I yeah. could tell you like a bunch of different stuff, but none of it might work, um, and none of it might not might work uh, because not because I was wrong, but because the the effort that it would take to make it work didn't go into it too. There's so much that goes into it, and, and um, I, I want to say that's yeah. even in
0: our industry as a whole. Like even though we're doing restorations, we'll mm-hmm. have someone that says, "I have this situation. What should I use?" Realistically, it depends it, yeah. it, you need that consultant to go out there and observe you know if it's along a, a waterway you look upstream mm-hmm. what's happening upstream uh what's yeah. what's what's been changed what's what's the energy like it's hard to make those calls over the phone and you need to have those dedicated professionals that can guide you that way if you want mm-hmm. success and everyone wants or success
1: at the very least. A list for your area that you can reference and say, "Hey, this is a good place to start." Yeah, and now I can see in my my local ecotype being your yard. Hey, like I mentioned ex- earlier, you have a, a carex pennsylvanic for instance, and it's supposed to be great in shade, but it's just not working here. And then figure out, oh, is it the soil? Is it? it could it be that there's a parent species and it's just this one isn't working um, there's because a- there's different genetics in it? There's like then you can start to really fine tune with your paintbrush but you need something that like the bob ross He started everything and he's like i'm gonna put the i can't remember the white Mm. but it had a special name for white i'm gonna put this white on the background Mm. because that's what i'm gonna use as my base coat and i'm gonna build off of that you need that kind of first list of five ten things that you can put out there and you know they're probably gonna be if you had five things three to four are gonna be okay
0: and and sometimes it's it's just and, and we've had this conversation before. We've actually had someone call in. Sometimes it's just knowing where to get that information. Mm-hmm. So like yeah. if you want to build a rain garden in J- New Jersey and you contact Rutgers uh, Water Resource Program, they're, they're probably going to find a way to help you mm-hmm. or uh, you have a, a specific uh, – Condition like not just like typical normal homeowner stuff. You have some acreage. Maybe the the Rutgers Cooperative Extension is going to help, or Xerces is going to help you help pollinators in an area if you're working with a group. Like there's, it may not work on an individual property basis, Mm -hmm. but there are great resources out there if you know where to look. Like Rutgers Water Resource put out a great rain garden manual, fantastic rain garden manual that you can download for free online. That will help you and give you a lot of instances if you're in New Jersey. So there's a lot of these resources, wild ones. There's a lot of fantastic places that you can go kind of to, to gain that knowledge. But it takes a little bit of work. Just don't be discouraged. There's no magic wand where it's like you need to do yeah. this and, and everything will be great.
1: Yep. And if you search and search and search and you don't find it in your area – that might be the call to make one. Yeah, like this is this is what's happening in central Virginia. I think it's central Virginia. Yeah. I should know. I should know my Virginia County's better, friend. <laughs> <laughs> Why don't you? Why don't you? <laughs> but um, yeah, if you're, this is happening in this region. Like I said, we have uh, Jersey Friendly Yards, which um they put out. This is what's going to work in coastal New Jersey. It's probably applicable the most of New Jersey, yeah, especially the coastal plain parts, um, and even. Delaware and Maryland and Long Island, Long Island. Yeah. It, it'll probably work there too. But I know close. Long Island has, what's it, Long Island Native Plan Initiative. They're putting out yeah. that stuff. These regional uh, grassroots places are, are putting this stuff yeah. together. And like I said, if they aren't, that might be the call to, to you to start, maybe start putting that together. And you might not be the right person to do it, but I'm sure you have some friends that you've used for mentorship that can kind of maybe they know – they're the person who can do it or they know people who can help out, and now all of a sudden you have 10 volunteers who are starting to put this list yeah. together and and go back and forth, yeah. and yep. then all of a sudden you have a list. And and don't be discouraged. Mm-hmm. And here's the sad
0: reality of it is you're going to have that someone where they read something about monarchs. It piques their interest. They go to their local garden mm-hmm. center to get milkweed. They don't have it. They give up. Yep. You know, it's going to happen. You're going to have those that are discouraged. Um. Or if it if it becomes too much work or too much effort, it kind of falls by the wayside. Yeah. So we we have to continue. You know, the dedicated are going to find these ways. We have to make it more mainstream for that mm-hmm. someone that's not as deeply rooted in native plants. So if they want to dip their yep. toes in, they can they can get their feet wet.
1: Exactly. Exactly.
0: I think that's a great article. Two great articles. Really, kind of. I they they do tie in very well together.
1: We have really uh, had articles that work well together a lot recently, yeah. so, which yeah. is nice.
0: Yeah, it really is nice. So um, this will be posted. I, we've been doing it the Monday after, uh, the Monday after. So mm-hmm. the, the buzz will be out on Friday. By Monday, you'll be able to vote. Uh, so two fantastic articles, both kind of discussing native plants and cultivars. So make sure you go to the Native Plants Healthy Planet Facebook page and vote because. And of course, the choice is yours. Before we do listener shout outs, what do you have in your hand?
1: Oh, I, I have a bottle of Magic Mind because I hadn't taken it yet, and I said, "Oh, I want to take this sometime this morning before uh, before it gets too late because I have a lot to do today." That's a good good time, you know. But I also figured since I had it, I was like, you know what? I'm going to do this live on air. Awesome. First time ever consumed live on air a bottle of Magic Mind, and I'll start with the directions. Uh, direction number one: shake. Direction number two: breathe. Number three: drink. Uh, take alongside your morning caffeine benefits. Build with daily use. Best served chilled. Now, um, let me ask you a question: Do you like to drink it
0: straight? Do you sip it? Do you do it as a shot, I, or I do you add do it, it to? A shot. Okay, um, I kind of kind of sip it a little bit. Actually,
1: yeah. I, I do it. Yeah, not yeah. one big shot. I, I, actually... just, I just want it all at once. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, let me en- let me start my day.
0: But I enjoy it, I, you know, and it's like I only I only have it that that one time a day. And it's just like, I don't want this, you know. Yeah. am going to take a moment and appreciate this. Yeah,
1: so, well, first, number one was shake. All right. And then. Oh, that was good. Yeah, try not to hit the microphone are while you're <laughs> opening something. <laughs> are you Very gonna, difficult. Are you going to glug? No, you got to breathe first. Oh, I'll breathe, sorry. And this is Magic Mind 4.0. Yeah. And um, I did notice like a, a really, difference between 3.0 yeah, and 4.0. There's like a little, there's like a sweet aroma. Yes. That's in there. But it's like a little bit vegetal, a little herbaceous smelling. Yeah, Um, It's this like bright green color, which is kind of cool. Like like uh, an earthy, yeah, I agree, like herbal. But it's one of those things when you sniff it, just the smelling part is like it opens up your nostrils a little bit. It's invigorating, just like just breathing it in. And then you got to drink it.
0: I think you captured the essence of that pretty good. Yeah.
1: You know, it what, tastes good too. I I, I agree. You can it, taste the matcha just a little bit, a little yeah. hint. Um and then you like taste again, it's like a green juice ish kind of taste where yeah. you can taste it's like a little herbaceous. Yes. And um but it doesn't like it doesn't taste bad by any means, it tastes really good. No, it's actually that taste is
0: comforting. I'm gonna try to and me. get the last couple of drops <laughs> out of you. You know, I will say this. Had I just heard an ad for Magic Mind, I, I I'm gonna be honest, I probably wouldn't have tried it. I'm grateful that I had the opportunity to try it mm-hmm. because it's become part of my everyday that I truly appreciate how I feel and who I am by taking it. Mm-hmm. And I hope that by hearing us talking about it you're not just kind of letting it blow by. Yeah. That give this give this product a shot. It it has made a difference with me. It's yeah. cut down my coffee consumption. I feel clear. I feel better about myself. I actually make it a point to treat myself better Yeah, because uh, of it. And we have a code for you. We do. If you, you want to do try, actually try this out. You sh- And you should try it. If you go to www.magicmind.co backslash nativeplants, you can get up to 56% off your subscription uh, if you use this code within the next 10 days. And that code is plants. Uh, no space in between. Um, you can, if you don't want to get the subscription, you can get twenty percent off a single time purchase. But you can cancel the subscription at any time. Save yourself some money. Get the product. I I feel so confident that once you get it, you're going to feel like Tom and I, and even Christiane. We've had her on to talk about it. That that you're going to appreciate this product as much as we do. So make sure you go again. www.magicmind.co backslash native plants. And use the code native Plans for fifty six percent off your, your subscription. So I think we have some listener shout outs.
1: Yeah, let's do it. Listener,
0: listener, shout out, shout out, shout out, shout out You know, Tom, I'm looking at yours and it looks like I'm reading a foreign language.
1: I thought that too. Um, I actually <laughs> I'm thought like, that did was I, change the, I thought that was one one, uh, one review. But I, it's two. I, I do have to say I want to
0: thank, first of all, all the folks at Kind Earth Growers <laughs> yes, <laughs> for, <yeah. laughs> for, for for following and rating. Uh, we appreciate that. But, no, we had, I think, something like 10 new five-star reviews since the last buzz. Not everyone wrote something, but but you actually do have a few shout-outs this week.
1: Yeah, and uh, I should say, too, I got I don't remember if I told you this, but yeah, I got a text John Mark Courtney yeah, saying it. that that is now a uh, – a, a condition really cool. of employment at kind earth growers <laughs> that you need to be subscribed and, and give a review. <laughs> <to Native laughs> Place Healthy Planet. So we appreciate you have to that subscribe, download and review.
0: Yeah. <laughs> we appreciate that. So, Thank you so much.
1: Yeah. So we had, uh, two reviews this week and let me pull them up here again. Um, two fantastic. Reviews yeah. Actually. The one I, I really took, uh, I got a lot out of it because I think we do a really good job of this. Um, not that I don't get that out of every review, but one, yeah. like personally, I was like, Oh, this is something that, i had as a personal goal yes um and that was from ahshj uh and they wrote thank you for offering a well-rounded fun to listen to podcast this is a well-balanced podcast that i had a habitat manager can use for information with a utilitarian point of view and um yeah that was one of the things and they their I header was make sure we had that was in there rancher? rancher hunter conservationist yeah so
0: and that's was one of the things i know that was more your goal was to tie all these things together of how they relate to native plants. Um, and I think we've managed to do that over time, uh, mm-hmm. it, which which isn't easy. <laughs> it's it's a little bit of a tightrope walk, but, you know, it's for the greater good of native plants that everyone worked together. So, yeah, which would be utilitarian. Yeah,
1: exactly. And, and then in um, essence. the second one was from TC apostrophe Cho, and uh, I don't know if that's how you'd actually say. I don't know. But, but they also said uh, they're older, in the mid-Atlantic ones or in their neck of the woods, but that they learned about so many of the movers and shakers in the world of ecology from guests we've had on our show, which is another thing, is that we will need to not only just have good guests, and well, we want to make sure we had a good mix of guests who were known and well-known, yes. but also a bunch who are more regional. Yeah. And unknown, like I kind of mentioned in my article, it's like, it's important to include some folks that are doing something on a really local level, like like Johnny Keyspe. Yeah. And he's, hey, I'm working in the city's program in New Jersey and doing something that Newark and Patterson can really take a lot of pride in. So someone who's listening in Montreal can say, hey, this is something that's important in my city too. Uh, and of like the watershed associations we've had on, or um, someone like just the small backyard gardeners we've yeah. had on. So you can say, hey, you know what? I can make a difference right here, and and this isn't happening where I'm, I live, but I, it should happen. I want to make it happen and kind of give you like a a view on how to do that stuff. So we're even. There's, there's another one uh, we hope to do about HOAs at some point. Yeah, we have and how some... to navigate that because that's been a, a tricky, tricky thing for a lot of people that neither of us have any experience with. So. And we, we have some great guests coming up that are are going to be boots on the
0: ground to philosophical to technical um and I'm really proud of that that we can offer all that in a range that anyone can take anything from that cuz I'm learning a lot from it and I'm happy that I'm I'm still viewing this as my education my college course
1: oh yeah this is uh this has been like really really good yeah. and i had another one here i want to throw in here sure, for go ahead. and that was um ellen anthony who left the comment on our last episode <laughs> post um with because uh, <laughs> it's actually a picture of us we don't have many episode photo art that actually have no. us on it no but this I, one might have been the first or second but, one
0: but i was laughing yeah. because it's in the facebook group and both of us does your profile facebook profile picture have a picture of you on it
1: yes it does yeah mine yeah. does as well yeah so. but it was someone else or nick heyle uh, had had commented saying that he had in his head which one was Fran which one was Tom, and he didn't want to find out <laughs> which it, one was which just for like in case they were backwards for whatever yeah. reason and um and that's what Ellen Anthony chimed in and said Tom is the younger larger lower voice hair. <laughs> and hair and more handsome I kind of inferred <laughs> through all that so I'm the old ball the old ball <laughs> high pitched
0: <laughs> freak on the other side there you go that's me. Oh, so I have uh, this week Tammy Stewart who's a member of our uh, Native Plants Healthy Planet Facebook group that shared with me uh, via social media. I've been taking a lot of backyard uh, bird photography, mm-hmm. and it's a lot of woodpeckers, and she shared a story about a telephone pole that needed to be taken out but a woodpecker had made it home, and they're trying to find a way to save the woodpecker. So they married up the new telephone pole next to it mm-hmm. and then cut, tied it, tied it together yeah. and then cut off – below the home and above the home so it's just interesting they they kept its habitat for it while you know like they went out of their way it cost them money Mm -hmm. but everyone felt good about that outcome for that that woodpecker yeah and i i love seeing that 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 went into it wasn't just like technology must prevail and we need to upgrade and improve it was there was thought put into local habitat, mm-hmm. and, and yeah, I definitely. appreciate that, and thank you for sharing that. I don't always get get those kinds of things, so it was nice for you to share that with me. I appreciate so, that.
1: Now, Fran, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think we got a really special call this week. I want to ask you a bunch of questions, and I want to have them answered immediately.
2: It's a simple question. Um, no, I didn't hear you. What was your question?
0: You know, we mentioned it, – it's kind of like, like – uh, sourcing Beetlejuice like we mentioned Saul I <laughs> yeah. think we mentioned his name in the last three buzzes that he hasn't called in and maybe some of our newer listeners have no idea who Saul is mm-hmm. so I think we rattled this cage enough yeah. that he called in so I, I don't even know how to intro it I'm just going to play <laughs> <laughs> all right
2: hang on sweetheart I'm talking on the phone to the television show yes hi. hello hello my fellow natives. hello natives. Uh, If your old friend, Saul, Saul Rosenberg, uh, Pam, hello, greetings, happy new year, felicitations, and uh, Mr. English Muffin, Thomas, I, I mean. Now, fellas, I guess you heard, I know it's been a while since we've been in touch, I guess you heard that I totaled my car right around Thanksgiving, and I was hurting bad. Oh, my goodness, I had to go buy a new one. Now, I bought a Subaru because it's, a, a very uh safe car reportedly i hope and um i put a vote for dukakis bumper sticker on the back that's a little bit of humor pam i i know you're not very much in the humor world but uh, thomas will tell you that that makes people laugh when they see that so uh anyway so i was convalescing and i was um uh in a lot of pain and pam I I believe it was you who let your television audience know about it. They're on the pod channel you guys broadcast with because a very nice woman sent me a summer sausage basket from the Hickory Farms, which as you know, Pam is one of my favorite gifts of of any type, of any season of the year. So uh, Pam and, and Mr. Muffin, these viewers are very nice. And this one woman, is a true animal lover, which I respect and admire. She told me, Pam, that she was a cougar and asked if I was young and interested. And I told her, well, it depends. I, I'm not as young as I was, but I am very, very interested in native plants and uh, ecologically responsible gardening. Now, uh, for Mr. Muffin, I, I hope she's okay. Uh, because the line went dead right after I told her that. And uh, it was dead like that sad old man, that Murray Garcia, who used to play the guitar and the banjo. And uh, by the way, unfortunately, he will not be down for breakfast uh, tomorrow morning. So how about you, fellas? Are you staying healthy? I, uh, I had the COVIDs. Uh, you've heard of it, uh, the 19? That's the one I had. And I was awful sick. And I was disagreeable like that old man who died. What was his name? Oh, the bud. He was a miserable, and and uh, frankly, nobody liked him or cared for him, but still it's a loss to somebody, I suppose, that he's dead. So, fellas, that's my report. Keep up with the native gardening, keep up with everything good and healthy for the garden state in the new year. And as we say, PTFN, which Tam uh, has explained, there
1: are going to be so many people who are are going to be so confused i'm confused i
0: have a feeling saul may still be dipping into the pain meds maybe just a tad (laughs) but i love that he answered the question with it depends yeah (laughs) like he even that was his first thought well it depends but it's been it's nice to hear that saul is doing well Um, he recovered nicely from his, uh, car accident and, uh, he's had his own interaction. Yeah. When,
1: um, when we first started this segment, it was the, it was the Saul hour. It was. Saul. (laughs) I think if it didn't cut off after three minutes, the messages cut off after three minutes, it would have been an hour. Yeah. I have a a feeling,
0: even though it hangs up on him, it, he just keeps talking. He has no idea that, but he, now he thinks he went, we went from the radio to the television. Yeah. So, Uh, I appreciate Saul calling in. It's been a while, yeah. so it was nice to hear his voice. So yeah,
1: for those of you who don't know who Saul is, uh, go back and listen to some older episodes. You'll get to hear he, – he had some – he did some really great native plant gardening at his property um, in, in New, Jersey, New Jersey slash Denver. Delaware. And, uh, and then for old listeners, I think uh, you'll appreciate a little life update on, yeah, uh, on yes. Saul. Yeah, yes.
0: So it's – it's you have to go back through a lot of Buzz episodes uh to, but he was one of our first first callers not the first but one of the first mm-hmm. callers and so we appreciate you calling Saul glad glad you're feeling
1: better bud so we don't have a tom's petty uh no i wanted to skip ahead and kind of just talk about our our topic okay there's i i do have a tom's petty but i'm going to save it for next time because okay. i think it will be I'll be able to combo some things all into right. one. No problem. We, but um, we don't
0: have a read a book, and I don't have a not that I'm one to complain.
1: Yeah, although yeah, I'm so, pretty sure
0: I've complained. I'm yeah, just I am think it's just become.
1: It, yeah, it's all throughout the episode. I'm now. now hiding it like Waldo. But one of the things I want to talk about because it's something more recent yes. and um, is the Norfolk Southern railroad derailment that happened yeah. in East Palestine, Ohio, and um, and some of the ecological ramifications that are happening from that. And it's one of those. I guess we kind of talked about it in our articles earlier. Is like, yeah. hey, we can we can really fuss and muss over. Oh, but this is a cultivar, and I don't know if I should plant it or not. And it's a, nat- is it really a native plant? And all this and that. There's and some bigger. In, yeah, in another part of the country, you literally have something that is destroying. I don't even know how many square miles of habitat. No, it's, oh, it's hundreds. I, I it's, saw
0: people saying with young kids, like I. I grew up here, and I can't raise my children here. I don't feel that it's safe because it's unknown, and we don't know what the ramifications are going to be. You know, five, ten years down the road, yeah. and and we have to move. We just have to. And just think about the people that are making those decisions. It's not like someone's waiting to move in there. Yeah, <laughs> you, you know, if, mm-hmm. if you're deciding to move out, you're you're taking a loss.
1: Oh, I know there was. Uh, they're talking I about know, like transaction lawsuits yeah, with yeah. with just over housing prices. Yeah, it's you have. That's a lot of places, the only money people have saved up is in their, their, real their estate, property yeah. and in the real estate. And now you have something where eh, maybe it was worth a few hundred thousand dollars, and now it's going to be worth almost nothing. Yeah. And um, But that was, I know one of the chemicals was vinyl chloride. Now there's a, just right before we recorded, I saw there's a longer list that came out, and there's fish dying. Now the EPA has come through and said, oh, well, we aren't finding hazardous levels of a lot of this stuff in waterways or in soil. Yeah. Um but I think it's also a lot of tra- that's still to be determined as well. It's it's traveling yes. too.
0: Yeah. You know, it's it's not like it it stayed put. It's it's migrating in itself. So it's going to have a longer reach than yeah. Just East Palace.
1: And then one of the things I'm I don't know <laughs> I keep seeing on Twitter there's so many people saying this isn't being reported on. But I see it all over the place. I do too. But it's like uh, one of the things I see it when I see it like all over the place is they always start off. How come none, like none of the news media is reporting on this. And, um, but I feel like I am seeing the news media report. on it. (laughs) I've seen it on national, like a large segment on national news. And then just before I just heard it was within the last couple of days. There was now this happened 10 days since we were recording this. So it'll be about two weeks when people listen to this. Um, but this, uh, there's another one that happened in Houston where there's a bunch of um, hazardous chemicals on this train and it derailed. And now you have—I don't think it was 50 rail cars. Maybe this mm-hmm. one was 50 rail cars that that had derailed. And now they had to contain what was in them somehow. So I really just wanted to include it because there's still a lot of facts that need to come out about this and like yes. how bad is it? Um it's just a but, little bit of perspective and yeah. I,
0: I my heart feels for for everyone that's yeah. in that area that's affected and and you figure all that that natural land or natural mm-hmm. area and wildlife and water oh, and yeah. and and i don't know what's going to happen to that area yeah yeah nature we yeah. always see that nature rebounds but we may be talking decades yeah or maybe maybe never i don't
1: know yeah but yeah, it's just when, when we're thinking about those cultivar debates and oh, this is native to Delaware, but it's not native to New Jersey. Should I plant it? Should I not? It's just creating habitat in your yard. Whether yeah. it, it doesn't matter if it's perfect or not, is putting something back that is being destroyed in other and this yeah. is just a, a catastrophic yes. uh, degradation of some of this habitat. But just you have warehouses being put in, shopping malls and, and parking lots and all this stuff. It's happening every day. Um, maybe they don't have the the chemical ramifications, yeah. but uh, it's happening every day that we're destroying habitat and just anything you can do to put a little bit back in your own yard goes a long way. At the end, of the day.
0: if you're thinking about it, you know that's a great first step. You know, and it's mm-hmm. you know it's it's hard to like we said we're, it's it's all choices that you make. If you're making the choice to improve habitat, even if it's not perfect, mm-hmm. you know, good is good. Yeah, I I agree. So I wanted to throw a different take on take it or leave it at you mm-hmm. since we've recorded our first native plant every day with Tom and Fran. How are you feeling about that? Oh, like I was uh, going to say I'm leafing it, Fran. I'm you're not, leaving not, it? I'm we're, just teasing. It's, um, it, we, we found it become increasingly harder to do a second podcast yeah. and we, we couldn't do it without Christiane and, and having someone else help mm-hmm. us get involved because there's no way we would have been able to do it on our own. Yeah. But how do you feel? Do you feel as we go that this is still a worthwhile venture that
1: we Yeah, should- no, I think there's a lot of people who came to Native Plains Healthy Planet because they listen to a Native Plain every day. Um, and vice versa, there's plenty of yeah. people who listen to Native Plain every day because they hear, hear us talk about it here. Uh, I'm really excited for how it's going to pan out. It's uh, the Episode one was a lot cleaner than it was, I remember I, episode, or season I, one being. I was going to say, uh, I think season one.
0: We learned uh, on the yeah. fly. Uh, uh, Christian runs a good. much much tighter ship than I do, yep. and a lot of the dumpster fire that was season one was because <laughs> I was left in charge. So it's <laughs> <laughs> it's good that we have someone that is making sure this mm-hmm. is this is a, a, a tightly run ship, and I think it will only get better. I think the first one, there was a lot of things that we were trying to get our footing, and maybe we could have added some extra content that – you know, we're just trying to tread yeah. tread water, but I think as we go along and we get comfortable with it, the season's going to be really good. Yeah, yeah, I'm I think really, people excited are, I'm for, hoping people are going to be happy what, with this because
1: I know a lot of people learned about so many plants through this, and it, it maybe they. Learned some of the facts and then they went home and they looked it up and they're like, oh, that's actually really – I do want to put that in my yard. Yeah. Or I want to find where this is, occurs naturally and go actually see it. Or I so love it, that plant, but I didn't know this about it. Yep. Like this is fantastic. Yep. So Exactly. So
0: it, it, it was a lot of great information. Today was a plant that we knew but we weren't extremely familiar with, so mm-hmm. it was a great learning experience for us. Yeah. And the format was tweaked just enough that I think everyone will find it. Yeah.
1: Most pe- I mean, I don't want to say everyone, most most yeah. people will find it. You'll out. get to play along with us. We we've really cleaned up the the quiz in the beginning I'm, for who can guess what plant and then the the lightning round at the end.
0: I'm feeling it's, like a fraud though. Like I need to rebound. I did not do well today. Right. If oh. I don't rebound soon, people are going to start questioning good. whether I really know native plants. The good news is you
1: have uh 4, four 30. chances a week. So. <laughs> yeah,
0: that's that's true. Right now it's I'm I'm a big goose egg. So, <laughs> not doing not doing so hot. So, but I think that's that pretty much wraps it up. Yeah. We we covered a lot today. I'm really yeah. happy with what we yep. we accomplished.
1: Yeah, so that is it. Thank you for joining us today. We hope you enjoyed listening to The Buzz. Thank you, everyone, for listening to Native Plants, Healthy Planet, presented by Magic Mind and Pylons Inertia. Uh,
0: thank you, RJ Comer, for our Buzz theme music. Uh, we we couldn't do it without you. wouldn't be the same. Make sure you stream or buy RJ's music wherever you consume your music uh, or check out his uh, Americana playlist on uh, Pandora. You'll be glad you did. I, I listen to them quite often. Follow us on Twitter at Pineland Nursery, Facebook at Pinelands Nursery NJ, Instagram at Native Plants underscore Healthy Planet, or at Pinelands Nursery, and of course, YouTube at Pinelands Nursery. Uh, we have the question and comment line uh, that Saul called in on. You can call us at 215 346 6189. I will repeat 215. 215- three four six six one eight nine you can ask a question or leave a comment and we'll do our best to play it on a future episode of the buzz uh and the native plants healthy planet facebook group hit 1500 uh members uh, uh over the last day so mm-hmm. uh, really excited about that and uh the, the the members are just pouring in and the amount of interaction is really increased with a lot of new yep. members with a lot of great things to say
1: oh yeah so you can buy native plants healthy planet merch at our website, www.nativeplantshealthyplant.com, there's a link at the top, takes you to our Teespring store, and just a reminder that the money that we're profiting from that, we're not keeping, we're taking yeah. that and giving it to organizations that we feel are doing a really good job, uh, boots on the ground kind of stuff, in creating native habitats or promoting the message of native plants, and um, so make sure you check that out if you haven't already. And then you can listen to Native Plants, Healthy Planet, really on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, wherever you consume your podcasts, you'll be able to find us there. I haven't found one where we aren't.
2: So. No,
0: I actually, I just did I a would, quick Google search yesterday yeah. and found a bunch I didn't even know about. Yeah, oh yeah. So it's it's a good – Native uh, Native Plant Every Day When Tom and
1: Fran almost – yeah, big,
0: big ones. Yeah. you know you'll find it most places. but but this one you'll find native yeah. uh, Native Plants Healthy Planet. You'll yeah, find so
1: um, and you can even ask Alexa to play the Native Plants Healthy Planet podcast. So uh, that's something to try when you're watching the dishes. You can do it hands free, which yes. is nice. So uh, do us a favor, leave us a five star review, hit subscribe. That goes a long way in promoting the message of Native Plants, getting more people to to hear us, and uh, and hopefully start their own native plant journey if yes. they haven't already. I agree. So. Uh, Fran, I don't know if you had a secret, so I, I threw one in I didn't, here.
0: and I see what yours is, and I got to tell you, I told Agatha about it last night. It's <laughs> freaking me out still. Yeah, It really is freaking yeah. me out. It's not coincidental. It's too, too many things to be oh, coincidental. yeah.
1: Yeah, so uh, well, I shared this in the office the other day, but my son, um, like many two-year-olds. Uh, Agatha has, was saying her son did. Yeah, has like, started to, to see ghosts um which I guess is putting it lightly and it freaked me out the other night a little bit cuz uh I walked in he's crying at like 2:30 in the morning and I walk in hey what's going on buddy and he's like I'm scared and I'm like oh what what are you scared of he's like the person sitting in the chair <laughs> like what do you mean <laughs> I shine my flashlight on the chair and there was thank god there was no, one, no there. one there that would have been really freaky uh at least that I could see um but yeah he's it's uh I don't know how in-depth I want to get with it, but he's he's been um, describing ancestors with uh, remarkable detail. Like names, mm-hmm. names, uh, nicknames appearance, for people. nicknames for people, like messages that they have for people. <laughs> and I'm like, it's holy too... crap, this is what? very, very strange.
0: I was saying, like, and and the, the things he's telling you aren't vague that would apply to no. a
1: large number of people. Oh, no.
0: He's narrowed it down pretty
2: Pretty close. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Without yeah.
0: ever having heard of,
1: met, or seen the person. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. It's, um, he it was, he was a little weird. And, yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's a little freaky. Yeah. But yeah, the one when he, I was freaked out when he said the, at first, I'm like egging him on a little bit, saying, "Oh yeah, it's, oh yeah." What, what did what did she say to you? <laughs> and then it's like, eventually got really real. But then when he said there was someone sitting in the chair, I was like, "Oh, this is this is very weird." Yeah, I don't know if I like this anymore. I'm a little scared of the dark though. So, yeah.
0: Oh yeah. What if it was the uh, bird lady? Oh my
1: god. <laughs> That would have been <laughs> from Mary yeah. Poppins. Could you imagine that wouldn't it's, have been good. Even after I saw there was no one in the chair, I was still worried there was someone. In the Are you room looking a bit. every time you go in the room now to see if someone's in the chair? I don't know if I'm going to go in there. I think I'll just turn the lights on before I go in. So, well, that was his nightlight was keeping him up at one point, so he unplugged it. And then after that, I'm like, I'm plugging this back in because I think that's might kind of why he's scared. Yeah. I, if it means he stays up a little later because the nightlight's on, it's not perfectly dark versus. Him like being freaked out every night. I'm believing the now, now night Now,
0: now listen, I, I will say that typically I'm I'm a skeptic. Like I mm-hmm. don't believe in that. It's hard to oh, deny well, that. But well. Agatha was telling me that one of her former students, um, they have a child that is seeing ghosts. Mm-hmm. And he was, said he was playing ball with someone, and when his wife rounded the corner, she saw the ghost of who his son said he was playing with. Really, and they moved yeah like it was that's it's hard to deny someone that is so convinced they saw something that they're willing to uproot and move yeah oh yeah so like you have to take that with some seriousness mm-hmm. whether you're skeptic or not i was like oh yeah i yeah i'm thankful i'm not having to make those decisions Yeah. yeah, yeah. hopefully but, you don't
1: have to move tom yeah i that hope would, so too yeah. <laughs> as long as it's relatives i think we're okay, <laughs> the, okay. House, the house isn't that old so no. but then again this person never lived in this house so uh, yeah or knew exactly. about this house so how'd she find this? But, I don't know. You yeah. listed on Zillow. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's probably out there someplace. But <laughs> on the Spirit Zoo, they read about all my success as a, a native plant podcaster. Knew <laughs> 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 where to find us. So awesome! All awesome. right. Well, with that, thank you, everyone. I'm Tom,
0: and I am Fran. Thank you again, everyone. Coming up uh, next week, we have a fantastic guest. I don't want to ruin it, but we're really excited to speak with this person. So it's going to be a fantastic episode. I think you'll all agree and appreciate this one. So. Make sure you tune in next week, and uh, we'll see you again next time. And until then, keep it native. Thank you for listening to the Native Plants Healthy Planted
2: Podcast, presented by Pinelands Nursery. Remember to like, share, follow, and comment.